The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurological Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of this station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. Brought to you every Sunday by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist, ANS. I'm your host, Tom Wood. Answers Live is an interactive talk show that brings listeners answers to many questions they have about a broad range of medical conditions, treatments, and advancements from different medical experts in your own community. Today, we will be discussing back pain and treatment. Everyone I know at some point says to me, oh my God, my back is killing me. Or I hear someone is home resting because they hurt their back. And the stories go on and on. I myself wake up every morning in pain, stand up, I say, what the heck's going on with my back? I start to move and it feels better. And I wonder, is this normal? Is something wrong? Do I have a back problem? So many questions are brought up relating to back pain, especially what causes it? How long does it last? What is the best treatment? Do I need surgery if something is really wrong? What's the difference between an orthopedic surgeon and a neurosurgeon? There's so many questions that need to be answered, and the list goes on and on. Today, our special guest will answer these questions and many more, and we'll have answers to key questions that maybe will help you answer those delving questions that you have. Our call-in number today is 973-267-9687. Okay, so let's get started. I would like to introduce Dr. Kyle Chappell who is one of the 13 amazing doctors from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Dr. Chapel is an endovascular neurosurgeon as well as a general neurosurgeon that specializes in spine and other neuro-related issues. Dr. Chapel completed medical school at the Ohio State University College of Medicine in Columbus, Ohio, and then completed his residency in neurological surgery at the Weill Medical College of Cornell University. He also trained at Memorial Sloan Kettering's Oncologic Surgery of the Brain and Spine. Dr. Chappell's fellowship was also completed at the Weill Medical College of Cornell University. Dr. Chappell, just so you know, can be reached by calling 973-285-7800 and has offices right here in Morristown, New Jersey, and our new location, which will be opening in Bedminster, New Jersey. Welcome, Dr. Chappell. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm doing well. Okay, so this is a huge topic. I want to cut it down and get some really good answers to very common questions about back pain. Um, so let's get started. Probably the best question I want to start out with is, why do you think back pain has become such an epidemic nowadays? It seems anyone I speak with has a backache. Is it our lifestyle? Is it just too much sitting, too much standing? Is it stress? What, what, what is it, basically? Yeah, Tom, that's a, that's a great question, and I think you have some very good insights into it. Uh, at the present time, I think there are a lot of issues in, in society and in how we, we you know, conduct our daily lives that can cause back pain. One of the biggest things uh, is, is the way we work now. Uh, for the most part, the majority of us spend a, a lot of time in an office in front of a computer and we sit. We sit all day long and we do very little physical activity. Uh, a lot of us do go to the gym, we do work out, and we try to maintain, but that's not the majority of our life. So sitting in front of a computer um, essentially can decondition the body and especially the, the muscles along the spine. When you decondition those muscles, that should keep things uh, erect and, and it should keep your back um, strong and pain-free, when those muscles get weak, uh, a lot of the stress and strain is put on the bones and the joints of the back and that can equate to back pain. 
That's very interesting. And I know myself with my job, I sit an awful lot. And I guess that's why when I wake up in the morning and get out of bed, it's kind of the same thing. I'm laying there in a specific position all night and my muscles relax. So when I go to stand up, I'm kind of pulling those muscles back into action. So that really, really explains it. Um, what do you see when you see your back patients? What is the, what is the most common cause of back pain that you see? Okay. Um, uh, by the time a patient gets will get to me you know, as a specialist that deals primarily with back pain, uh, the majority of them will need some sort of intervention, some sort of uh, fine-tuned uh, physical exercise or activity to help things get better, or uh, they come see me for surgery. But generally speaking, what can cause back pain with people, uh, and, and the majority of back pain that you experience or that one would experience on a daily basis may not be surgically related and may be uh, kind of a musculoskeletal strain or pull or you just have overdone it uh, in the last few days because you're doing more activity than your body is accustomed to. Um, it may be activity that you could do you know, without a problem when you were younger, uh, and, but you just, again, because of uh, the lifestyle that, that the majority of us lead now, uh, it's, it's strain on the muscles and on the spine that it's just not used to. Uh, one of the other contributing factors as well to back pain that I, I should have covered before is, you know, our society and, and a lot of us are getting more and more overweight and out of shape. And that obesity is putting a lot of strain. All that weight is really focused right on the lower back uh, to support the upper body, carrying all the weight to, with the lower body that, you know, you use for locomotion. So, Yeah, I definitely can relate to that, being uh, out of shape. I, I do work out now that I'm getting older every day, and I do notice my back pain has been better, uh, especially doing a lot of the abdominal exercises. Uh, someone said to increase your core strength, and that does help. And I have been doing that, and I do see a, a difference. Um, so for the so the listeners that are out there, we have back pain. And, and the confusion is most people say your back pain will go away on its own. Is that true? Most back pain, will that resolve on its own? Um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good point. Uh, and it does relate to uh, a couple of the questions you asked previously about the cause of back pain and, and who I see. And, and a lot of times... The majority of people that do wake up with back pain or do overdo uh, exercises or activities and it leads to muscle strain, that's the type of back pain that will go away. That type of back pain you, you treat with almost common sense. You take it easy. You do some stretching. Maybe you take some anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen. Uh, and you generally take it easy for a few days and kind of work through the pain. And, and everybody knows their body and they know the type of pain that is. And then it gets gradually better and eventually goes away over a few days. Now, the type of back pain that I see uh, in the office is the type that doesn't go away. Uh, that's the type of back pain that uh, may need a little more attention and, and possibly surgery. Okay. Um, so I have back pain. I, I take my ibuprofen. I, I do rest, and I notice my back pain isn't getting better. Uh, that's a common thing that I hear a lot of people saying. They're popping ibuprofen like candy, um, which isn't really the best thing for you. Sure. What's the next step that I do? Um, I could run to see you, a neurosurgeon, um, and you can evaluate me. Um, but usually most people go to their primary care physician. And then usually what's the step from there? The ibuprofen's not working. The exercises aren't working. I hear people say, oh, you need to have some pain management. Is that usually the next course that people would go to? Yeah, I think... Certainly, people can always call in our office uh, for guidance when it comes to back pain and what the next step should be if they have any questions. Um, but normally, what happens is that, you know, a person will go see their primary care because that's the the doctor that they're well established with. They know the doctor knows them, and, and they kind of tell them the story and they go in for evaluation. 
Uh, a lot of times, a back, the back pain we're talking about now is the type that doesn't resolve on its own with the simple ibuprofen and things. And it might also be a back pain where the pain is is not only in the lower back, but is extending to other areas of the body, especially the legs. When the pain starts to travel down the legs and down to the foot especially, uh, it can be either, either or, one leg, both legs, um, that's the kind of pain that you uh, may want to uh, be a little more, uh, pay a little more attention to and be a little more concerned that maybe uh, the normal ibuprofen and kind of stretching and things may not take care of that. And that's when you go see your primary care. And, and the next step really is imaging because it, we can all talk about back pain, talk about the cause. Maybe there was some trauma like a fall or, or something like that that may have led to uh, the issues that you're dealing with. But uh, the, only really, the only real way to kind of... Uh, evaluates if something is truly serious and, and needs some further attention or further intervention is uh, is with imaging, like an MRI of the lower back. Right. I hear that. <clears throat> it's a very common test. I also have people say they had an x-ray and they and they have a herniated disc, and I always wonder, um, how could you know you have a herniated disc from an x-ray? Don't you, you need a more sophisticated type of imaging to see a bulging disc or a herniated disc? And while we're discussing that and you answer that, what, what actually is that? Because that's a common thing. Um, when you talk to people, they say to me, oh, I have a herniated disc or I have a bulging disc. And I always wonder, well, how do you know that? And, and what exactly is that? Okay. So let's, let's uh, answer the first question first about the x-ray versus an MRI. And you're exactly right. An, an x-ray is kind of a generalized, easy test. An MRI is a much uh, more powerful test, much more specific, and gives us much better information about the, the spine and the tissues in the spine. Um, an x-ray, you could potentially see... Uh, a, a bulging disc or, or maybe a herniated disc on, on an x-ray, but x-rays just, they're very, it would just be a shadow or, or the nuance of, of a disc there. When you really want to see specifically where a tissue mass like a disc is and what it is affecting like, you know, the nerves of the spine or the spinal cord, you need an exact test uh, that's very powerful and has very great detail, kind of like a high definition test, which is what an MRI is. It shows us the relationships of the tissues in the spine or, or whatever the area of interest is, and it lets us know whether things are okay and normal or abnormal and need further attention. And then when you asked about a, a bulging disc versus a herniated disc versus you know a, a disc fragment that's pushing on, uh, on a nerve causing problems, these are all similar entities, similar anatomic entities in the, in the, in the back, uh, but it's a spectrum. A bulging disc can be normal as we go through life and cause wear and tear on our spine. Uh, but if that bulging disc ruptures and some portion of that disc material goes out and actually pushes on a nerve and irritates that nerve or even makes that nerve stop working and you have you know, a specific weakness related to your back pain, that's when uh, that type of, of disc problem will need some surgical attention. And so people can go through life with bulging discs uh, and, and still live a pretty normal life, and that's that's kind of normal. It's uh, it's 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 wear and tear that we get as we go through, and, and we we grow old, and you know, and and things happen. Uh, it's when that bulge turns into a specific problem where that disc is is bigger or pushing on nerves or something that it shouldn't be that needs attention. Right, and sometimes they do resolve a little bit because I know personally I have two bulging discs as they call it, and probably once a year it, it lets me know that's there by. Uh, I'll get out of bed or I'll bend down to pick something up and I'll feel something strange and I'm usually on my back for a week. Um, and is that just the way the disc moves? It, it impinges on that nerve and then I get some severe 
severe pain, and then when I rest and, and relax, that kind of uh, inflammation goes away, and I feel better. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's that's pretty accurate. Uh, a lot of times, that type of of back pain can just be a muscle strain, and if it's not a muscle per se, and it is from that bulging disc. Uh, irritating the nerve root that it's, it's adjacent to, it's exactly what you're saying with the inflammation. The disc, maybe you move a little differently, or the disc is a little makes it a little is just adjacent to that nerve root, and it bumps that nerve, that irritates that nerve, causes a little swelling in the nerve, which is equated to pain, and you feel pain until that swelling goes away, and so you have some inactivity and give that nerve some time to stay away from the disc, so to speak, so that the inflammation can go, can go down, and then the disc that is bulging doesn't re-irritate that nerve. Okay. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. I also, uh, when speaking to people, I hear them say a lot of them are going for injections. Um, what is that exactly when they're going for injections? What What does that mean? Is that when the ibuprofen is at work, they're not feeling as well as they usually do? Um, I guess they're going to a type of doctor that's um, injecting. What are they injecting and, and what is that whole uh, treatment? Sure. So, so what an injection is, is it's basically uh, you're trying to deliver some sort of medication, either a pain medication or medi- a medication to take that, down that inflammation around the, uh, around the nerve, you're trying to deliver that laser-guided, put it exactly where it needs to be on the exact nerve that's causing the problem and, and not have that medication systemically that you would take like an oral ibuprofen or something that goes throughout your body. So what you can do with an injection is deliver a very high dose of medicine specifically where it needs to be so it affects only the tissues that are irritated uh, such as as a nerve that's been you know irritated and swollen by a bulging disc so people go into a pain management specialist that you know is well versed in, in doing these injections and uh, they, they get whatever medication uh, right. delivered exactly on that nerve and it helps to relieve the pain now how often do you have to go I mean um, I hear pe- people that say they had an injection it's great but then the pain came back and then I do hear some kind of horror stories, I would say, of people that are having these multiple, multiple injections. And just from my background, I learned different things, is that there should be a point where you these injections are uh, are not working or lasting long sure. enough. And then, then what course does that person take? I'm assuming then they need to look into some type of uh, deeper intervention or surgery. Sure, yeah. So uh, say a patient goes to see uh, the pain management specialist, the, and everyone's different. Everyone's technique is different, and, and every patient is different and, and will experience pain relief uh, differently. But the general rule of thumb is uh, three, inje- three injections or so. Uh, if the injection one, two, or three over a course of time relieve the pain and it goes away, that's great. If you've had the injections over a course of time, one, two, and three injections, after the third one, if you still haven't had a significant amount of pain relief, for a significant period of time, and generally we say around a month or so per injection, if the pain comes back sooner than that or more frequently than that, then it's the injections probably aren't going to work. And then you you know you're, you're on to looking for something more invasive, such as surgery, which is what we would do at ANS. Uh, but it's always a good thing to start with the injections because that's a little more non-invasive. And if there's <laughs> nothing uh, on the MRI scan, it looks like it's bad or a large disc that's hurting something then injections are a good, non-invasive way to go, conservative way to go to help that back pain. Okay. Um, we actually have a caller on the line. Um, we have Janet from Madison. Hey, Janet, how are you? This is Tom from uh, Answers Live. Hi. How are you today? We're doing great. You're I think on... this is the first time I've got to call into a radio show. It's cool. <laughs> um, I have a question for you regarding my back. Um, when I like wake up in the morning, I'm very like stiff. 
very stiff. Like, I'll wake up, I'll get out of bed, and I feel like I can't quite stand up all the way. And then it's kind of fine. Like, once I get going and the day goes on, I don't really have back pain. But a lot of times, like, in my sleep, I'll start to shift around because my back's not feeling right the way I sleep. And then when I wake up, I feel like I can't stand up. And then it kind of, during the day, goes away. Okay. What do you do about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jen, I'm glad you called in. Thanks. Um there's a couple of things you can do for that. One, if it's specifically happening in the morning when you wake up, uh, maybe you want to look into a different type of mattress. Maybe you need a stiffer mattress to give your back some more support as you sleep throughout the evening. Uh, the other thing is, and it kind of alludes to what we talked about earlier, it may be that the, the muscles around your back and spine are, um, are deconditioned or weaker than they, than they need to be. And so one of the very good things you can start doing is gentle core exercises, like Tom mentioned, you know, sit-ups. Actually, strengthening your abdominal muscles strengthens the muscles around your spine and will help your back pain. Uh, so if you do core strengthening of your abdominal and back muscles, that probably uh, will help take care of that pain uh, in the morning. The other thing you can do is when you get up, don't, you know, jump right up into activity. Stand at the side of the bed and, you know, take it easy for a little bit and do some light stretching. You know, just try to get things kind of warmed up before you start the activities of the day. That may Right. Help. Where could I find out, like, what type of exercises were, like, would be good for something like this? I mean, I typically Google something. It's probably not the best thing to do when you're, you don't know much about something. Like, what would you, like, is there somewhere I could go to kind of get maybe specific exercises? Is yeah, that actually, you guys do? actually, if you visit um, our website, uh, ansdocs.com, um, that's uh, mm -hmm. www.ansdocs.com. Go to the spine section there, and you'll find a lot of information on uh, different types of treatments, exercises, um, and actually all the stuff we're discussing today is listed. Just visit the website under the spine section. Um, hopefully that answered your question, and thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. No Thanks, problem. Janet. Thank you, Janet. Okay, that was a, a good call. It kind of brings us back to where we started, again, like with me waking up in the morning with, with back pain. Um, so the best thing for that, again, like you said, which is kind of something that I don't do, is to kind of start slow, is really get up, sure. do a little stretching and moving um, to start the body going. But in Janet's case, it's probably nothing major uh, because it does go away. If it was something serious, it wouldn't just be a morning thing. It would start to go into possibly the pain going down the leg with a stiffness or, or be, she would know that something is worse going on and then take further action on that. Correct. And, and it, it kind of, we started touching on it a little earlier is when, when the pain starts to travel. If the pain's in your back and goes down to, into your legs, that's something to be concerned with. Or if the pain limits your activity, uh, you can take 15 to 20 steps and then your legs hurt and you have to stop. And then if you stop and maybe bend over or stretch or just wait a little bit, the pain in your leg gets better, and then you can walk you know, 50, another 15 or 20 steps. And if it gets to that and that's a repeated uh, kind of process for you, that's another indication that you may have some back pain or leg pain uh, that is more than just a strained muscle or, or an irritated nerve. It's something that may need surgical attention. Okay. Um, that's, that's really interesting what that, what that whole concept is about warming up. So um, everyone out there, make sure you do your warm-ups in the morning when you get out of bed. To go back to where we are, we're kind of like in a sequence of treatments. Um, we got to the pain um, injection part, and we did learn that uh, pain injections are helpful. Sometimes they do help, um, but you probably should limit it to about three. Um, so I'm at that three injection point, and I think the biggest thing with, with most people is they're afraid of surgery. Um, they hear the word neurosurgeon, and they, they run the other way. 
Um, but there's so many new advances in neurosurgery with the types of minimally invasive surgery you do. And I know you're an expert on this. Um, I, I've actually uh, spoken to many patients that you've, you've treated, and they, they can't say um, more good things about it and how amazing it was that they had back surgery and they were up and out of the hospital uh, the next day, or if not the same day. Um, could we start discussing what type of surgery that you do and uh, from when people here years ago, people say, oh, don't do anything to your back. Once you touch your back, it's, that's it. It's, you know, you're, you're done. Um, can we start discussing what do you actually do? What is this new minimally invasive spine surgery? And can you give us a description so we can uh, educate ourselves on that? Okay. Um, yeah, so I, it, just to start with, when it comes to back pain and back surgery, I'm, I'm myself, I'm very conservative. I usually, uh, when I evaluate a patient, especially a new patient, um, we, it's always good to start with uh, conservative management, with the physical therapy, with you know the, just the things that are easy and make sense. And then if there's actually something on the scan or on the MRI or something with a patient that uh, needs surgical attention, that's when we start talking about procedures and what we do on the spine. And, and when we talk about the lumbar spine or the lower back, uh, there's a whole spectrum of things that you can that that we can do to the back. There are decompressive. Dr. Chapel, let's hold that thought one okay. second. I actually have another caller on. This is John from Chatham. Okay. Hey, John uh, from Chatham. This is Tom. You're on with Dr. Chapel. Hi. I have a herniated disc that I know of from an MRI. Um, I had seen a pain management doctor and had three injections that helped, but the pain is back. What should I do? Uh, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, you had a hernia. You have a herniated disc uh, that's that you know about, and you've had injections, and things just aren't better. Is that correct? Yes. So I think it's time uh, to maybe go and see uh, somebody that can evaluate you for a possible surgical procedure. Uh, with a herniated disc, you've had the injections. The irritation on those nerves is not being relieved by that laser-guided uh, delivery of medicine to the nerve that's uh, that's having the problem. It's probably time to start, you know, thinking about an open procedure, uh, say by a neurosurgeon, that uh, can take away whatever it is pushing on that nerve, either an overgrowth of bone or overgrowth of the joint around the nerve or a bulging or herniated disc like you have. Okay. And definitely, uh, sorry for calling you John there. It's Jan from uh, Chatham. Um, and I got a good neurosurgeon right here for you. So, again, uh, uh, if you do need that surgical evaluation, um, you can give Dr. Chapel a call. Uh, by calling the number or visiting the website. Um, thank you awesome. so much, Jan, for calling. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, let's go back. I'm sorry to cut you off like that. We were basically discussing minimally invasive spine. Sure. And um, can you s describe that surgery? Because even me, if I, someone said I needed back surgery, I'd be fearful. I think of a huge scar. You hear all these horrible things about fusions and I can't move sure. and you lose, lose mobility. So let's let's get people uh, on track to not be so afraid of this surgery. Right, right. And so, um, like I said, or was getting to before, the, uh, the spectrum of procedures that can uh, help the spine can be simple decompressive uh, procedures where we either go in and take out that portion of herniated disc or we take out a portion of the bone that's irritating the nerve. And, and really alleviating the pressure on the nerve relieves the pain. Now, moving further along that spectrum to things that are a little more uh, more difficult uh, for the patient, greater pain and, and need more surgical attention, are things where we start talking about the fusions like you're talking about. Uh, a, a fusion is because there is a, a patient may not only have compression or irritation of the nerves, but the, the spinal column, the bones of the spine have started to wear out enough where 
they're not moving together well enough or the architecture of the bones is off and needs support and needs an immobilization uh, so that it doesn't continue to cause pain or continue to, uh, to hurt the nerves that are around. And so that's the next kind of step uh, when we talk about procedures. Now, when you talk minimally invasive, that's a way for the surgeon to get to the area in the body that he needs to do the work. So in our case, the spine. And it's a way to get down to that area of the spine and uh, kind of minimize the damage to the soft tissue uh, around the skin and other soft tissues around. And by minimizing the damage to those tissues on our approach to the uh, surgical area, we minimize post-operative pain. uh, And we also increase or or speed up uh, the patient's recovery and then their their pain management and getting them up and about and out of the hospital, which is always shown to decrease complications and increase uh, the uh, just patient outcomes. Patients do much, much better with minimally invasive uh, procedures. Right. I've, I've spoken to a lot of people that have had back surgery, of course, because I, I do deal um, with the medical community. Um, my neighbor himself uh, was suffering terribly from a, a, a pretty bad herniated disc with uh, sciatic pain. He actually, um, I saw him limping one day and I I asked him what was going on and he said he was suffering this for about a year. And I referred him to Atlantic Neuro and um, they did a minimally invasive uh, surgery on him. And what was shocking to me is he was walking around the same day and the smile on his face was unbelievable. And he said the pain was gone. He had the stiffness and of course the pain from where the surgery is. But what I'm I'm trying to, to let the people know is that they don't shouldn't be afraid to have back surgery. They need to get past that stereotype of years ago where you had these horrible, uh, huge scars and, and this manipulation of the spine where they suffered pretty much the rest of their life with that, which is something called, I, I've heard, as a failed back surgery. But with the minimally invasive procedures, that is so much less because the incision is smaller, the instruments are smaller, and you kind of just go in and remove the, the problem with minimal uh, movement of other tissues. Is that's basically what minimally invasive is, and that's one of the specialties that you perform? Correct, yeah. The minimally invasive surgery we do, uh, you hit the nail on the head. We, the, the technology of the instruments and the products that we use on, on the spine have improved so much that, like you said, the scars are smaller, the damage to adjacent tissues as uh, we get down to the spine is, is much less. And in doing so, uh, you know, the procedure itself will relieve the pressure on Uh, the nerves of the spine that is causing the back pain. But a lot of times and in years past, just getting down to do that procedure caused a lot of incisional pain or pain caused by the surgery itself. So you're relieving the back pain that you went in to take care of, but now you're causing more pain or different type of pain because of the actual procedure. And now us using minimally invasive techniques with smaller instruments, smaller incisions, less damage to the the muscle and skin and everything else around the back uh, is, is imparting great relief uh, from the the nerves in the back that we're trying to operate on and also decreasing the amount of pain secondary uh, from the the actual surgery, which is allowing patients to get up and about and feel much better very, very quickly after the procedure. Okay, that definitely answers the questions. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to sum everything up for you, and uh, we'll be right back. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. 
Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We've truly got your back. Okay, welcome back uh, to Answers Live. Again, I'm Tom Wood. I'm here with Dr. Chapel from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Um, Atlantic Neurospecialist is located at 310 Madison Avenue in Morristown, New Jersey, with eight uh, other locations throughout New Jersey. Dr. Chapel can be reached in Morristown office or a new Bedminster location at 1 Robertson Drive in Bedminster. Uh, basically, to sum it all up, um, for everyone, back surgery uh, is something not to be afraid of. Um, it's something that sometimes is required. Um, the doctors here at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists use that as a last resort, um, and they can kind of guide you through your whole process. So if you're suffering from back pain, um, go to your doctor, get some treatments uh, that we discussed today with exercise and possibly pain management. But then again, know that if you need surgery, you do have someone here that, uh, uh, say cliche, uh, got your back. And that's Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Um, Dr. Kyle Chappell, uh, again, is uh, here for you. If you need any other questions, you can always call into the call-in number, um, and uh, we'll answer those questions. Thank you again, and I will be talking to everyone next week. Thanks, Tom. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurological Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program.